first part of session 53, let's talk about close encounters. Let's begin. This session is concerned a lot with the phenomena of UFO contactees and all those reported cases that were pretty prevalent in the 60s, 70s, and uh, in the 80s, of course. If you are anybody from that era, and um, even in the 90s, we were still talking about this stuff, there was there is a lot of uh, fuzz about you know the possibility of what this means and we're getting into contact with uh, UFOs for the first time and all that and I think there is a pretty good historical background on the reality of studies in this uh, phenomena by the work that Don Elkins and others did. I am not really familiar with all of this, um, let's say, scientific approach to understand what was happening. Uh, but also, uh, there is there's so much to talk about it. You know, there is a, when I say scientific approach, is because Don and the people that he surrounded himself with were pretty interested in getting, you know, this. Um, this, this truth of, of the, the reality that they were living. And um, hey, lo and behold, they get the raw contact. So um, I mentioned this because if you're watching this, then chances are you believe that the raw contact is a legit contact, um, or let's just call it a, a, a true story of what happened. and. Uh, you know, that if you can extrapolate this to the UFO uh, contact phenomena, then we can get a better picture of what it is. You know, we're going to get into some of that in this video, at least. Uh, it's a long discussion that Don and Ra have. I'll see how long um, it'll take me to get to a certain point, and then we'll cover the rest in part two. But um, I'm mentioning all of this because the... It's, it's something to consider. I think the point that I want to make before we start is that there's something to consider about the contact that we had, we started having in the early uh, 20th century, and it kind of intensified until a point that it kind of ceased, and the history behind that. So we can get a good glimpse of what was happening in the 70s, the 60s, and so on, uh, with this exchange that Don and Ra had, and also, you know, with all their other information that is there, and that LNL Research, just like they did and maintain, actually, they did a great job and maintain this great job uh, today. There is there is a lot of good work that they, they did in terms of uh, exposing, you know, the truth that they were getting about these uh, contacts, and we, we discussed, I forgot which session, but it was when when Don mentioned recently, one of the sessions that we just covered, that um, he wondered how the contacts benefited Orion Group. And Ra said, 
well, the contacts benefit the majority or the majority that are uh, affected or are touched by, you know, this, this UFO sighting. It was UFO sighting, actually. They are, they're affected by the, um, not affected by the Orion group, but they're, they're more inclined to be attracted to the Orion group's philosophy, negative philosophy. And, you know, the, the, it's, um, anyhow, I'm going off track here, but you get the point is that there, there is, uh, definitely a truth behind all of this. It's very obscured because reasons, <laughs> government, that we know, uh, it's always, um, shaded into different, uh, mysteries. But anyhow, you know, we get a good glimpse of that. Uh, I don't think, I think that the UFO phenomenon, this is just my last opinion before I get into the session. Um, I think the UFO phenomena became very tainted to the point that it's almost like talking about spirituality. Talking about spirituality, now it has become so tainted by religion, which we know is an imposter of true spirituality. Well, in the same way, UFO ufologists, I'm not naming anybody, but ufologists seem to go into that same tangent of you know, what it really is that we're talking about and what's the real message here? How much can we learn for ourselves, for our own growth? And it goes into an external external uh, journey. We recently just talked about that. The external journey of the mind as opposed to the internal journey, which is something that we crave, that we need, especially in Western society, which actually goes into global society. Now, I'm not talking about East being, you know, endowed with, uh, with, with, its, with some special population. They're not. They're under the same uh, spell, the same influence of our external view of the world. In any case, I digress too much. I think it's worth considering the, his the history for people who are watching this content, you know, who are studying the Law of One. I think there's a lot to get out for a bigger picture of what the UFO uh, contact phenomena was and kind of still is so of course we're going to talk about this in this video and the next one for a while so we have more for me to go on different tangents now to start with the session there is a long commentary section in book five which is in the raw contact actually not the raw contact but lawof1.info you know where to get that in the description below you can get to that if you're not familiar with that. I'm surprised that a lot of people are not familiar with this website, which is phenomenal for the student of the Law of One is, it's the best resource, you know, hands down. So uh, you can read it there, session 53, commentary of Jim and Carla. Again, book five for those who have the original books and you can read it. I'm not gonna get anything out of there that is important for the session itself. Again, I'm just covering the exchange between Don and Ra. And there's there's just a couple of things there that might be of interest as we go through the session. They talk about, of course, the contact tees and all that stuff. They talk about silver flex, which was a synchronicity we kind of talked about in the earlier sessions, the teen sessions, if memory serves. 
And there is mention about their friend Andrea Puharik, which um, had to do with the Silver Flex. And there's something else about Leo Sprinkle, which is somebody who they don't mention in the session itself, but it'll make sense when we get there. So again, I'll just recommend you go read it and uh, we can start this up. So this session starts right away uh, with Don in question one saying, I would first like to know the instrument's condition and ask two questions for her. She would like to know if she can do one exercise of one hour a day and is the pain she feels prior to a session due to an Orion attack. So Ross says the instrument's condition is as previously stated. In answer to the question of exercise, now that the intensive period is over, this instrument may, if it chooses, exercise one period rather than two. In scanning this instrument's physical complex distortions, we find the current period of exercise at the limit of this instrument's strength. This is well in the long run due to, the, to a cumulative building up of the vital energies. In the short run, it is wearying to this entity. Thus, we suggest the entity be aware of our previous admonitions um, regarding other aids to appropriate bodily distortions. I'll just finish this. As Ron says, in answer to the second query, we may say that the physical complex difficulties prior to contact with our social memory complex are due to the action of the subconscious will of the instrument. This will, ex this will is extremely strong and requires the mind-body-spirit complex to reserve all available physical and vital energies for the contact. Okay, so probably should have left that second part for, <laughs> um, for the in-between of the question. So how's Carla doing so far? Same. Um, in answer to the first question, um, there's one point we can probably get out of this, aside from the historical fact that Carla was uh, exercising um, properly. I believe they said uh, the physical complex distortion we find at the current period of exercise at the limit of this instrument's strength. So she was exercising a little bit too much, which is not a bad thing, of course. And I think this is the point that I want to emphasize. They say that in the long run, it's um, it's beneficial, of course, because the, the uh, cumulative building up of the vital energies, which is you know what we say about exercise to the limit, that doesn't mean, and coming from a an ex natural bodybuilder, <laughs> that doesn't mean um, exercise to the we, what we call overreaching, overreaching in in a state where you are very depleted, you're going beyond. Um, any bodybuilder who's listening to me uh, will probably frown upon that. <laughs> Don't overreach. If you're bodybuilding and you're distorting your body in um, excessive muscle, then yes, you can overreach, but in general, this is not recommended. <laughs> There's a limit that you want to push. And, you know, this is, that's the limit of exercise. Of course, you know, for, for anybody, this is beneficial. However, for Carla, this was, uh, it's very demanding. I mean, 
anybody who has exercised, and I think all of us have gone through a sort of period of routine in exercises. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, that uh, excessive that sometimes, like I said, you know, in, in the hobby that I followed for half a decade, I, you know, you, you tend to get into that mentality of doing a lot, you know, of doing a lot of training, you know, and your body just feels destroyed. And of course, you get, depending on how you do it, you, you get the benefits of bodybuilding, which is more muscle. But, you know, it's, in general terms, what you want to do is not be uh, as sedentary as we normally are and try to push, you know, the boundaries of what your body can do at the moment. So, you know, conscious training for the body always takes into consideration that there is a in, an individual limit that we can push and we it's all it's almost like you touch the membrane and you kind of like stretch a little a little bit that causes a little bit of stress in the system and then you let it go that stress will need to be addressed no pun intended um or i don't mean to play with words here <laughs> they just come like that um and the um you know you just let it go just let it be it heals and then you can push it again and so on and that that's how you create more uh, space if you will and enhancement that's what it means you know you enhance the capabilities of your body um so you know carlo carlo wasn't doing wasn't lifting weights as far as i know <laughs> I don't know what other exercises they would, she would do, but it was just, you know, walking, uh, which you have to un also understand. And I, I know I'm getting, I'm just going on a tangent here, but just to put context, Carla was probably like 90 pounds at this point. She was very, very fragile and thin during the raw contact. Uh, so even walking for her was very stressful on the body. So this means that she was putting herself to two, uh, two periods. Let's say, she's, he, one says one period rather than two. Yeah, she was going through two periods of walking and that was a lot of stress for her for some reason. So again, um, it's, um, this is very specific, of course, for Carla. I'm just going uh, on my own here talking about bodybuilding and all this stuff because it's kind of relevant you know for us who are seeking that I mean we're always there we always have a limit and so can we push that limit yes she would push it too much probably not uh, for the vast majority again you know for people who want to enhance beyond you know that, that, that would be extreme extreme adaptations then sure you know marathon uh, power lifting uh, whatever it may be crossfit and you have to go to the extremes and really destroy your body fun fact um i think this is still um current that the sport if we can call bodybuilding and power lifting a, uh, a sport this sport is the one that has the most injuries because we tend to uh, go to the extremes to test our bodies and that's what happens so 
no extremes. Anyhow, Ross says in answering the second query, we may say that the physical complex difficulties prior to contact with our social memory complex are due to the action of the subconscious will of the instrument. This will is extremely strong and requires the mind-body-spirit complex to reserve all available physical and vital energies for contact. What was the second query? I got lost <laughs> for a second. Um, and the pain... How is that an answer to... I'm confused. Uh, I have to confess. Because the first one was, and they answered, you know, do one hour a day. One exercise of one hour a day. And if the pain she feels prior to a session due to an Orion attack. So... Oh, maybe this is okay. So there's more to say. Let me finish it. Yeah, I should have. I should have read that uh, on a separate um, reading. <laughs> Thus, the discomforts are experienced due to the dramatic distortions toward physical weakness, while this energy is diverted. The entity is, it may be noted, also under psychic attack, and this intensifies pre-existing conditions and is responsible for the cramping and the dizziness as well as mind complex distortions. Okay, so. Because Carla was extenuating herself, her body, and the contact needed a lot of energy in terms of you know how much she would uh, allocate this energy for uh, for it, then this means that she was not having enough energy, right? So um, the discomfort that she was experiencing was. Uh, due to the dramatic distortions towards physical weakness. That weakness was caused by the excessive exercise. While this energy is diverted, I assume this diversion of energy or this allocation of energy has to do with the raw contact. You know, as she allocates this energy there too, so it's like she's coming weak to the, to the session and she is putting a lot of energy in the session, so. The entity is also under psychic attacks. This, for you to know, this continued for the next 20 something sessions, I believe. I don't know if it ended. I think it, it stayed there for the whole contact, which is commendable for for them. So anyhow, that was just, this is, um, we're not getting into con um, UFO contact here yet. So Don says, question two, thank you. I would like to know if a name may attend one of these sessions in the very near future. Ross says, the mind-body-spirit complex name belongs with this group in the spirit and is welcome. You may request that special meditative periods be set aside until the entity sits with this working. We might suggest that a photograph of the one known as James Allen, that would be Jim, Jim McCarthy, uh, be sent to this entity with this writing upon it indicating love and light. That's beautiful. So I think the name that they're talking about the person is Leo Sprinkle um, or Andriha, Andriha Puharik. I don't know because see in the commentaries they would say that uh, Leo Sprinkle was a friend of them and so on. So I, I assume they say also in the um, in the comment commentaries that they wanted to preserve uh, Ra's free will. Free will. Um, was it? I forgot what they said. Was it free will? 
I'm getting my terms confused here. Um, their polarity. Uh, yeah, depolarization. I say free will. <laughs> it's their free will. Because of infringement of free will, they lose polarity. So we'll get to that too. That's why I said, read the comment commentary section in the books, book five, if you want to, if you want more about this. But in any case, you know, they're talking about this person, I assume it's Leo Sprinkle, who wanted to get into the, uh, the sessions and Ross says that, you know, this, uh, this person belonged to the group, basically. So he's welcome and to send a picture of Jim with, um, with writing saying love and light which I guess it had a special connection with Jim. So they continue saying this held, this, the picture held while meditating will bring the entity into peaceful harmony with each of you so that there be no extraneous waste of energy while greetings are exchanged between two entities, both of whom have a distortion towards solitude and shyness, as you would call it. The same might be done with a photograph of the entity Leo Sprinkle, I'm assuming, or whoever it is, for the one known as James Allen. So Leo Sprinkle can do that too. So in essence, I think this is kind of um, acquainting Jim and uh, and the person, right? Because this person was a friend of Don and Carla. And so Jim was this uh, one of them towards Solitude and Shine, it was definitely Jim. And the other must be the other person. So, you know, to acquaint each other, they would send a picture of each other saying love and light. So you look at the picture and you say, well, you know, <laughs> I love this guy. And then when you see him, you're like, I feel like I know you, man. And I love you already. So kind of like breaks the ice, if you will. <laughs> this is the way that Rob breaks ice. You know? So um, if you like somebody, just send them a picture of yourself saying love light. That's it. You break the ice and then you can say whatever you want to say to the person, you know. Let's go out, you know. Want to go out on a date? <laughs> what a way to pick up somebody. <laughs> Get some notes from the romantic and loving social memory complex called Ra from Venus. You know, the planet of passion, love, beauty. The goddess Venus. That's where they came from. And hey, they specialize in sexual energy transfer um, for uh, uh, for research purposes, <laughs> they love that. So there you go. All right, let's move on to question three. Don says, "Thank you." During my trip to Laramie, certain things became apparent to me with respect to disseminating the first book of the Law of One to those who have had experiences with UFOs and other wanderers. And I will have to ask some questions now that I may have to include in book one to eliminate a misunderstanding that I'm perceiving as a possibility in book one. I have a note there uh, that I'll talk about. <clears throat> and Don continues, therefore, these questions, although for the most part transient, are aimed at eliminating certain distortions of understanding with respect to the material in book one. I hope that I am making a correct approach here. You may not be able to answer some, but that's all right. We'll just go on to some others. Then if you don't, if you can't answer the ones I ask. First, I will ask if you could tell me the affiliation of the entities that contacted Betty 
Andrew's on. So let's get a little bit of context. So um, in session 26, session 26, Don uh, decided to switch the questions and answers so it would make more sense. And this is why the raw contact to me is superior in terms of studying the law of one as opposed to, to the original books. Always remember that the original books were edited uh, in what I would say is it's a, it's a shy approach to to disseminating the law of one in a conservative one at that because they wanted to you know come across as something intelligible um, and understandable and that's why they sort of tinker a little bit with, with with the material and you can say that the original books were based on the raw contact and that's why now we have the raw contact as a study a, a, a body of study right and so these questions that we're gonna see from I think it's question six and, and so on they were switched so if you look all what I'm saying this is for the people that have the original books or are reading the original books and they will see that question 50, uh, session 53 doesn't have these questions that's because you'll find them in session 26 and you'll probably be mixed up with this but that's just a clarification of versions of the books on the raw material so this is where don is saying like okay i think there might be some confusion in book one because we talked about this stuff and now i want to get this straight so maybe these questions i'm gonna switch them and certainly he did I actually mentioned this in session 26, if you remember. If not, you can go watch it and make sense of it. But I cover session 26 as is in the raw content. So nothing, we're not missing anything here is what I'm saying. Anyhow, let's go to um, Ross' answer about the contacts of Betty Andreessen, which I'm not familiar with. Ross says, this query is marginal. We will make the concession towards information with some loss of polarity due to the free will in being a bridge. We request that questions of this nature be kept to a minimum. <clears throat> so, Ross getting stern here. Not really. <laughs> I'll talk about that. Uh, so, Ross continues and says, the entities in this and some other vividly remembered cases are those who, feeling the need to plant confederation imagery, in such a way as to not abrogate free will, use the symbols of death, resurrection, love, and peace as a means of creating, upon the thought level, the time-space illusion of a systematic train of events which give the message of love and hope. Okay, so was Ra pissed? Yeah, Ra was pissed. Don't ask these questions again. We're gonna lose some polarity here because you are asking, don't do this again, man. No, not really. <laughs> so as a good master, Ra is saying like, okay, just so you know, this question is marginal. It's not really important. We will make the concession to answer it and lose some polarity because some free will is being a bridge. 
But why, Gabe? Why is free will being a bridge here? Well, because if you have a mystical experience in a dream, you know, in church, in nature, with psychedelics, uh, near-death experience, what have you, you have a mystical experience and you say, I have no idea what was that, but it just inspired me so much. And, you know, I from another dimension come and say, ah, oh, never mind, you know, this is this, this and that. So, you know, let me explain to you what happened. I am infringing upon the free will that you have for the lessons to be subtracted from this mystical mysterious experience that you had you're supposed to figure it out you're supposed to decode it so i'm doing the work for you thereby i am infringing on the possibility of you uh, deriving anything from this lessons so that's what Ra is doing some loss of polarity because they're just going to mention a couple of things in answering this you know just it's almost like Ra saying in any case you know they do say, you know, we're going to be nice, but please don't do it. Don't do it too often. <laughs> um, and they, they, they get the message. So um, Ra then says that the entities in this and some other vividly remembered cases are those who feeling the need to plant confederation imagery in such a way as to not abrogate free will. Is there a period here? No, it's just one paragraph nonstop. Okay. So, <laughs> um, in such a way as to not abrogate free will, use the symbols of death, resurrection, love, and peace as a means of creating, upon the thought level, the time-space illusion of a systematic train of events which give the message of love and hope. So, uh, entities who want to give the Confederation message of saying, um, relax, life is good, it's always like, you know, when you get people to give you their mystical experience, um, like their, their resumed version, their, their uh, compacted version, they say, I don't know, it just something told me to relax and, you know, love everybody and that we're all one and the whole thing. So it's almost like, you know, when you enter that state, entities, positive entities, of course, we'll get into negative entities in a bit, but positive entities just want to jam, you, jam this in your, um, <laughs> in your consciousness, right? Just be loving and caring, you know, uh, never mind, you know, don't, don't, don't be afraid. Uh, I love Terrence McKenna's, uh, impressions on his DMT experiences where you know, the, the, the so-called machine elves that he talks about, they would present him with this, you know, uh, repetitive uh, message, you know, of you are amazing, you know, we, we want your attention. And it's that, you know, it's just always to give you this loving message. So they use the symbols of death, resurrection, love and peace as a means of creating. Basically, you know, when they say time-space illusion, it's a, it's a mind how um, I, I always try to make things pragmatic for us who are studying the law of one. And you can imagine that the physical reality is this, you know, it's the perceived sensory um, 
material stuff that we can interact with, with our bodies. And that's what the, what the body is made for. The body is made to interact with this reality in a way that we can have experiences. But we have experiences in the mind, which ultimately are projected to consciousness. And consciousness is, and I'm, I'm breaking down the unity of everything for the concession of the mind, of course, here. But um, for us to understand that with our minds, we need to break it down into bits. That's what this whole universe is about. It's bidding the, um, and we are fascinated and obsessed with that, aren't we? So what I'm trying to say is that the time-space illusion that they're talking about here is the the realm of thought, the realm of of mind. The whole creation is mind, okay? And this this is something that if we're not talking about it, it may be a little bit hard to, to grasp, but the best way I can describe it is, you know, that infinity compacts itself or um, let's say um, it kind of it distorts itself. That's the first distortion, right? Uh, free will to um, kind of um, modulate itself into the mind. So infinity modulates itself into a mind. And that mind produces everything, creates everything. It's infinite in its potential, right? Intelligent infinity gets tapped by... Um, by consciousness, by us, by everything. Intelligent infinity is the border of the mind and the mind creates. So the mind is that always creating by bits. You can always create by bits. You can't create more infinities because that's just redundant. <laughs> you are infinity. So within infinity, you create finity, uh, the finite mind. And through the finite mind, the time-space illusion is the thoughts and everything that we create. Every thought is a creation. That's, um, that's something that we're familiar with. So all of this, again, now concentrated in the physical being, the third density being, who is always looking outwards and you know, rarely looks inwards. When it looks inwards, especially in a mystical experience like this or a UFO um, contact, which is basically the same. Uh, I'll I'll make some um, considerations here too. When we talk about, uh, I want to talk about DMT, especially. I just mentioned Terence McKenna, and um, I have another connection here to DMT and UFO contacts. Um, so the time-space illusion that they're talking about, and I, I'm just I'm going on this tangent just to say that uh, all of these symbols that the Confederation uses, they use it upon the thought level which is the time-space illusion, okay? Where a systematic train of events which give the message of love and, and hope. So all of these symbols are arranged, if you will, in a way, in a mystical experience. I'm just gonna name it mystical experience. UFO contact, you know, psychedelic experience, uh, whatever, um, you know, uh, deep meditation. What? All of this is the same mind telling you and again, I, I, I'm always uh, tempted to wrap this this whole idea of the law of one, entities and so on, into the, the one mind, the one cosmic mind that we are. 
So it's our one cosmic mind informing this localized mind, which is a hologram of itself, informing it through entities which we can call thoughts, positive thoughts, that you, um, you know, love and hope. When we get into negative entities, you would also see that my analogy, which is not an analogy actually, it's the reality of the universe. This one cosmic mind has thoughts. Those thoughts are entities. Those entities, we may call them from the Confederation or the Orion. They're positive and they're negative. And so if we see the universe or this model of the creation as entities always attacking us or aiding us, is the same as saying my mind is plagued by negative thoughts and positive thoughts. You see, because you're connected with the cosmic mind, it is the same to say that you have negative thoughts and you have positive thoughts. Or to say I have Orion entities attacking me and Confederation entities aiding me. You know, it's a it's a matter of, of speaking and not truly the, the ultimate truth, I want to say. So play with this, play with this idea. I'm kind of incentivizing you to, you know, massage your mind <laughs> with all of this. And, um, you know, I don't know, consider it. <laughs> uh, it's easier to think as one mind as opposed to different entities flying all the time and being afraid of some entities and being glad of others. It's all you, is what I'm saying. It's all you. There's only one entity in this universe and it's you. You see, but for you to experience yourself, you have to create me. <laughs> and so I needed to create you. But in the end, we're all one. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I went on a tangent there. Really bad. Okay. So, Ra continues and says, This type of contact is chosen by careful consideration of confederation members, which are contacting an entity of like home vibration, if you will. This project then goes before the Council of Saturn, and if approved, is completed. The characteristics of this type of contact include the non-painful nature of thoughts, experience, and the message content, which speaks not of doom, but of the new dawning age. Beautiful. So now that we have this, we can go back to the model of <laughs> entities um, being arranged within this mind. We. Um, the study of the mind is just the most beautiful thing we have because we are a localized version of this cosmic mind in development, in action. And so, you know, these these other, you can see it as a conglomerate of thoughts. A social memory complex is, it really is that, it's another version of a mind. A social memory complex is uh, entities who see themselves as uh, thoughts collaborating together to create a bigger mind, if you will, you know, that has more experience and just concentrates more experiences. Of course, as you approach infinity, you want to have, you want to have, no, I mean, you have to have more inclusion. So you kind of include the whole universe as a thought. Uh, but since we're experiencing this dimension, this third density, then we can see ourselves also as being um, influenced by this, um, higher conglomerates in densities of consciousness, not higher in terms of higher uh, in hierarchy, two different words, two different spellings, but uh, sounding the same. <laughs> um, there's not a hierarchy here. You are connected with the cosmic mind. You are that. So um, 
back to this, <laughs> the Confederation members, they just want to contact uh, like home vibration, which means the density from where you are, fourth, fifth, or sixth, I guess because there's more compatibility and resonance, better language exchange between the two. So this project is laid down uh, by the council and if approved, is completed. The characteristic of this contact, of course, positive is non-painful uh, of thoughts, experience and the message content, which speaks not of Dune, but of new dawning age. What is this new dawning age is the coming of four density, love and light. Um, and uh, finally, unconditional love, understanding and all of that jazz. Um, for us to enjoy life so it's almost saying like listen what's coming it's awesome and you should be aware of that not what the Orion group does which is the opposite which is helpful still you know but we'll get to that I think yes so question four um, Don says it is not necessary that I include the information that you just gave in the book to accomplish my purpose in order to save your polarity, shall I say, I can keep that as private material if you wish. Do you wish for me to keep it unpublished? Ra says, that which we offer you is freely given and subject only to your discretion. So basically, um, thank you, Don, but what we gave, we gave freely, so you can do whatever you want with it. Don, being considered, of course. Don't we love Don? Speaking of Don, question five, he says, I thought you would say that. In that case, can you tell me anything of the blue book mentioned by Betty Anderson? In that case, I don't know what this blue book is, but Ross says, nope, nope, we can't. Question six, uh, Don says, thank you. Can you tell me of various techniques, techniques used by the service to others or positively oriented confederation contacts with the people of this planet, the various form of and techniques of them making contact. Ron says, we could. <laughs> uh, Don says, would you do this please? Ron says, we can. No, okay, so <laughs> Ron says, the most efficient mode of contact is that which you experience at this space-time. The infringement upon free will is greatly undesired. Therefore, those entities which are wanderers upon your plane of illusion will be the only subjects for the thought projections which make up the so-called close encounters and meetings between positively oriented social memory complexes and wanderers. Okay, so we had a long run of questions there. They were easy exchanges, so I didn't want to pause. Uh, so now Don just wants to know the nature of these contacts, um, right? He says, can you tell me of the various techniques used by the service to others or basically confederation? Let's just put them under the umbrella of confederation. How does the confederation contact uh, people in uh, these various forms and techniques? So could you please um, share that with us? And so Ra says the most efficient mode of contact is that which you experience at this space time, meaning, you know, this telepathic contact which is always internal you know listen to the inner voice and not the external voice right does that make sense now always listen to the internal voice the inner voice um, you can still get some negative of course as we 
are very familiar. <laughs> Our thoughts are a mixture of negative and positive. It's a dance of these two looking to strike a balance all the time. So we do that, you know, when we feel so stressed, you know, we want to uh, cling on something. We want to watch, you know, something or we want to go out. We're always trying to, we always seem to be escaping from ourselves. I want to escape from her, from myself. I want to uh, leave this place. I don't want to be, you know, here. So, in any case, before I go again, off track. Um, this is the best mode of contact, right? The most efficient mode of contact is what they're doing there, telepathically. The infringement upon free will is greatly on desire, of course. Therefore, those entities which are wanderers upon your plane evolution will be the only subjects for the thought projections which make up the so-called close encounters. So only wanderers in our plane evolution are those who uh, get these close encounters and meetings between positively oriented social memory complexes and wanderers. So... Yeah, only wanderers can get close encounters according to Ra, and meetings between positively oriented social memory complexes and wonders. Um, is that poorly phrased? I don't think so. I think I'm reading it wrong. So those entities which are wanderers upon your plane evolution will be the only subjects of the thought projections which make up the so-called close encounters and the meetings between positively oriented, of course, social memory complexes and wonders. It just seems that it's redundant to say wanderers twice, but maybe it's just me. So. Um, only wonders can get this, uh, this experiences. So that doesn't mean if you haven't had a close encounter, you're not a wanderer, of course, but you are more susceptible to one. And, you know, the nature of it, of course, like Ra already said is, um, it's always this, this positive feeling, this feeling of hope and love and unity, as opposed to negative ones. So I think I wanted to say something else here. I don't think so. Close encounters. That's oh, a funny one. So <laughs> we'll get to that. So um, yeah, let's go to question. Question eight. Don says, could you give me an example of one of these meetings between a wanderer and a social memory complex as to what the wanderer would experience? Ross says, one such example of which you are familiar is that of the one known as Morris. In this case, the previous contact which other entities in this entity circle of friends experienced was negatively oriented. However, you will recall that the entity, Morris, was impervious to this contact and could not see, with the physical optical apparatus, this contact. However, the inner voice alerted the one known as Morris to go by itself to another place, and there, an entity with the thought form, shape and appearance of the other contact appeared and gazed at this entity, thus awakening in it the desire to seek the truth of this occurrence and of the experiences of its incarnation in general. So, they're using... Uh, so Don wanted an example of this, right? He says, um, to give an example of one of these meetings between a social memory complex and a wanderer, and what the wanderer would experience. And they use um, Morris, which is a case in Secrets of the UFO, I believe it's the, the name of the book. Let me just recheck so I can redirect you. Yeah, Secrets of the UFO, 
Um, and um, apparently this book is really good. I haven't read it myself, so that's one of my list. If you have, leave me a comment. Maybe you know about Morris. I don't. But they're mentioning here, mentioning here, and they say that, you know, this person first was contacted by um, negatively oriented entity, right? And then it goes into his inner voice that tells him, uh, go away by yourself. Just, you know, this is going to overlap pretty well with, um, I don't know the case of Morris. I would love to read it now. Because now I'm interested in the circle of friends that he had. You see, depending on who you hang out with, and of course doing you know, sessions like this, if you play that board game, which I never know how to pronounce in English, uh, we call it uh, the, the... I forgot even in Spanish. Ouija? You know, one of the, the board game where you move and get like... You always get negative entities there because you're always asking questions that are, you know, from negative, <laughs> you're calling negative entities, you know, I want to know if I'm going to meet my love, and so on. Uh, am I gonna die soon? Oh, Orion Group is like, playing with this and saying, please play with us. So, <laughs> uh, depending on the people you surround yourself with, you're gonna attract this, and of course, Morris was susceptible to, to this negative contact, because maybe, of the circle of friends that he was with, and then the inner voice, some inner voice, just told him, go away, you know, and go see, you know, for yourself. And that, then he was contacted by a positive entity, which, you know, gave him, uh, awakened this desire to know a little bit more about the experience. And this is just the stimulation of the awakening in the self that was caused by confederation entities, of course, or at least a positive entity. So that's what happened in that case. Again, it's a book I need to read, so. Um, Ross says, the feeling of being awakened or activated is the goal of this type of contact. The duration and imagery used varies depending upon the subconscious expectations of the wanderer which is experiencing this opportunity for activation. So just to finalize you know, this question, um, the feeling of being awakened or activated is the goal of this type of contact. The feeling, the key word here is the feeling. You want to elicit that feeling as, as a confederation entity. Uh, you want to elicit that feeling of wonder. And just like Ross said, you know, the, the confederation UFO sightings are supposed to be for the inspiration of the individual to say, there is more to this reality. I want to know more. And that inevitably leads you to a path of seeking. Whether that seeking ends up in awakening or not, that depends. But uh, in, in retrospect, I can say that this is really what happened to me. Um, not to give a little bit of my... Um, oh, why not? I'm always excusing myself. Let me talk about myself. <laughs> uh, my spiritual awakening was that, you know, I had a ceremony with plant medicine, which uh, I'll probably like, uh, tell in a future video. I'll explain more about it. But this really just caused me to question everything about reality. And I remember I was a scientist by, uh, by nature. I just simply, I was scientist by religion. 
like science was my religion. I could explain everything with science and anybody, uh, pseudoscience, it's nonsense. I don't know anything about that. Metaphysics, haha, <laughs> funny, funny thing. People are creative. So here I am talking about metaphysics. <laughs> so um, seeking is something that just awakens in you. And that leads you to a path of, you know, finding the truth, finding your truth. So, um, you know, the feeling of being awakened is that, you know, uh, that's what's been um, intended by by these uh, these contacts. And yeah, so uh, the duration and imagery used varies depending upon the subconscious expectations of the wonder. <laughs> this actually hits home really good with me because I had my subconscious expectations when I was um, awakened from my sleep of spirituality, uh, the wonder which has experienced this opportunity for activation. It was actually non-existent. It was all synchronicities. I was showered with synchronicities because I, I was so close-minded to this reality or the, the possibility. I was terrified actually of this being true because I was terrified that my, my model of reality would shatter, you know, and and so, you know, it did, but slowly. It didn't happen that night. I actually didn't feel people, you know, report all kinds of imagery and beautiful things happening. All that was going through my mind at that time was processing information, analytical information. What was going to happen? What's gonna... Nothing happened until, again, I'll tell that story another day, but uh, it was I was just showered with synchronicities that night and then the following weeks which really make me, you know, kind of like relax into the universe. Oh, it's a beautiful experience. I like to reflect on it now and then. In any case, we're talking about the law of one, not the law of Gabe here. So, um, that's what you get. That's what you get when you are awakened. So Don says, question nine, in a close encounter by a confederation type of craft, I assume that this close encounter is with a thought form type of craft. Do wonders within the past few years have close encounters with landed thought form type of craft? <laughs> uh, it's funny. You'll see why. <laughs> Ross says, <laughs> this has occurred, although it is much less common than the Orion type of so-called <laughs> close encounter. Uh, we may note that in a universe of unending unity, the concept of a close encounter <laughs> is humorous for are not all encounters of a nature of self with self therefore how can any encounter be less than very very close <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is funny <laughs> i get this one you see i didn't get the other joke but this one is pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Ah, uh, this is funny. So, it's even more funny when you read Don's questions. So, let me, let me get, let me share the fun. So, Don says, he says close encounters like three times. In a close encounter by a confederation type of craft. Okay, so he's referring to a confederation craft. He's still thinking about UFOs, of course. Um... I assume that this close encounter is with a thought form type of craft. Now he's associating 
the thought form craft that we discussed before, like how a confederation travels by thought and they manifest their own craft or vehicle, it could be a body, it could be anything. Do wonders within the past few years, talking about the 70s and uh, early 80s at least, um, have close encounters with landed thought form type of craft. Um, now he's referring to like real physical craft that, you know, like people have touched the craft. Now here's where I'm going to uh, make a, a mention again on DMT. So Ross says, you know, this has occurred, although it is much less common than the Orion type of so-called close encounter, which apparently is much more physical. Not surprisingly, it's external, which means that they do come and uh, infringe upon free will by saying, we are here and we're doomed. Uh, we're here to control the planet, you know, like uh, the Wizard of Oz, you know, they're just playing with magic, but in the end they're just ourselves disguised, you know, <laughs> it's just funny. But even funnier is what Ross says, you know, that <laughs> basically in an unending unity, uh, in a unity, in a universe of, of unending unity, uh, the concept of a close encounter is funny, man, because all encounters are in the nature of self with self. I think it's funny because you can see, um, you can see Ross' perspective in the same way that they say, "We cannot discern between two of you. We see you as one. All of you are one." So, uh, and in the same way that they also see, you know, uh, you know, language and so on. It's just kind of clumsy mathematics. So for them, it's funny to. See, to say, you know, it's it's like, you know, I, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to bring it to the body, where it's just like, you know, I felt like my hand talked to me, you know, it's like, in which way? I don't know, maybe it's not a good, no, that, never mind that. It's just funny, man, if you can't see it, then you're not into the law of one. <laughs> you get it, I know you get it. So, all right, we can go, we're coming close here. Oh, let me make my, yes probably cover a couple more questions and we'll finish it there this is this is a threat that is just going to continue so i'm going to have to make a recap in the next video so dmt let's talk about dmt again uh rick strassman the uh, researcher behind the only real dmt study that has been performed in history this was done in the 90s i've talked about him in my other videos. I think it's, it's a fascinating book to get into because of, you know, people like us who want to learn a little bit more of the time-space experiences that we get while in this altered states of consciousness. And he made a pretty good assertion about the experiences that are reported by UFO contactees and the people that went under his research injecting DMT into their veins. Now just to mention what he did, he had a bunch of subjects, people, let's just call them people, I don't like subjects, animals, not even animals, uh, you know, people, had people go into his study and he injected DMT, that's the abbreviated version, injected DMT under obviously clinical observations and all this stuff 
and he was this is a psychiatrist and he of course was interested you know in the phenomenon that he would they would uh, they would experience so they had all kinds of mystical experience and you know uh, negative experience which called the bad trip and so on you know all of this it's a fascinating book really you know at least the 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 history everything is go go read it DMT the spirit molecule Rick Strassman so he says that he found a correlation it's almost like the same experience of UFO contactees and the DMT uh, researchers. This made me think, and he alludes to this, of course, in his book, that you know, mystical experiences in which we get into contact with these entities, right, are not different from UFO contacts, because all of it is happening in our minds. It is true, like most people say, you know, it's happening in your mind. What is probably a little bit of an oversight is to say, you know, when they say, you know, ah, forget that, it's all in your mind. Why? You know, it's happening in your mind. What's what's going on? Whether it be DMT, UFOs, uh, you know, get into a trance state by meditating or you know, dancing or running, whatever it is, you know, what's happening. And funny enough, when you see and read these testimonies of people, their accounts on their experiences, the vast majority of them had positive experiences. They had what we would term here by the raw material, called for awakening. You know, uh, of course, I have my thoughts on DMT, and I think it's a it's a substance that shouldn't be, you know, tinkered with, because of the potency that it it elicits. And depending on the subject, of course, you know, you can have a yogi, and you know, somebody, uh, I don't know, um, I don't want to mention names, but scientists who are into, you know, this uh, fatalist view of the universe. And I guarantee you that their experiences are going to be diametrically opposed. So, you know, DMT is a, it's a very uh, potent substance that, I don't know, I'm not telling anybody what to do or not to do, but it's um, just for the purpose of, of education, we can see that it, it elicits this. So it's making you contact, you know, with something in your mind, inside, of course, and, you know, there are positive and negative entities there, you know, waiting to, depending on the subconscious of the person, their expectations to act on that. And it, they both will, you know, do, try to do their work, just like in the raw contact, they were, they had raw and they had a fifth density negative uh, entity attacking them. So you will attract both because that's just how the universe, universe balances itself. Your mind needs to balance itself. So. In any case, I'm going pretty uh, off track here. But I wanted to mention that, that there is a huge uh, resemblance between UFO contact. So it's not like a UFO lens here. It's just that in your mind, this happens. Of course, Orion types are the ones that may come here. As Ra says, this has occurred, although it is much less common than the Orion type of so-called close encounter. 
meaning that the Orion group, and it makes sense once again, because the Orion group is more um, prone to use external sources for their, um, their meddling with us. Except fifth density negatives in the Orion group, which can use thoughts. And surely they do. Anyhow, thanks for listening to this. I hope that makes sense. So we're gonna cover maybe one more question. Don says, well, taking about this type of encounter of self to self, do any wonders of a positive polarization ever encounter a so-called close encounter with the Orion or negatively oriented polarization? Ra starts um, saying this is correct and they were gonna continue, but Don interrupted and said, why does this occur? And Ra says, when it occurs, it is quite rare and occurs either due to the Orion entity's lack of perception of the depth of positivity to be encountered or due to the Orion's entity's desire to, shall we say, attempt to remove this positivity from this plane of existence. Orion tactics normally are those which choose the simple distortions of mind which indicate less mental and spiritual complex activity. <clears throat> I probably should have left this. Um, and you know what? I'm going to reread it again in um, the next video. So I think it's important. So yeah, I think this would actually make a perfect bridge for the next session. So I'll explain a little bit here and then more in the next video. Um, but mostly here, just to finish it up. So Don says he wants to know, um, talking about this encounter of self to self, <laughs> he doesn't want to say close encounter again, uh, but he does say, do any wonders of a positive polarization ever encounter a so-called close encounter with Orion uh, or negatively oriented polarization? Uh, I'm assuming what Don wants to know is like, you know, I, you know, I would think Morris, the case we talked about, he was a wonderer, of course, and he was positively oriented. So a positive polarization uh, ever occurred, a so-called, okay, hold on. Do any wonders of a positive polarization? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's what he wanted to know. Okay. Um, no confusion. If these positive polar, uh, polarized wonders make contact with, uh, with Orion group and done once in a while or how. So Ross says when it occurs, it is quite rare and occurs either to the Orion entity's lack of perception of the depth of positivity to be encountered or due to the Orion's entity's desire to uh, attempt to remove this positivity from this plane of existence. Just like they were being attacked and they were trying to remove this positivity from this plane of existence. They're trying to accrue more negative polarization and wisdom in this case, I would think, especially in the case of the raw contact, the negative entity that was attacking them. Um, so they they can remove it, but they say it is quite rare that, is, that, that it happens. And when it happens is because maybe the Orion entity lacks perceptions of the depth. This is, I forget where we got this. Honestly, I do, but um, we we read somewhere. I think maybe it's in a future session. Maybe we did before. 
where uh, where Ross says that if this happens now, it was in a previous session. Yes, I remember. It's probably like twenty sessions ago already. Um, Ross says that there is if if the entity is really positive, then the Orion group would lose, or the Orion entity would lose a lot of polarization because of that. Like trying to oh that was yes when they when Don asked. I forgot the session, of course. I mean, I don't remember them. <laughs> Not specifically all of them. But there's uh, there's one where Don asks about the landing. Um, the Orion group landing here. And if that could be a possibility. So Ra says, you know, if this happens, they would lose a ton of polarization. Because if people like us say, you know, some, some of you might be familiar with the uh, Blue Bean project. I think it is. Um, which is supposed to be a hoax, or not a hoax, well, call it a hoax too, that will happen, apparently, allegedly, may happen, it's one of the plans that the government has to keep instilling fear in the population, which is completely plausible, I don't even think why this could be a conspiracy, I mean, it's just natural that the government always does this, it's, it's their motos operandi, so why not, right? Uh, but if let's just say that this is possible and they would land you know some ufos and try to instill fear in people and somebody like us come out and say like haha funny all right i'm going back to my tea and um meditate <laughs> you can keep playing with your lights and all that stuff uh it doesn't bother me they would lose a ton of polarization because they just attempted to infringe upon our free will, and we didn't care, basically. So, uh, this was explained in that session. I talked about that. I think this was session 20-something. I don't know. Who cares at this point? <laughs> it's there. Uh, so, yeah, you know, they would... If they like the perception of the depth of positivity to be encountered, um, then they might do that. So... Orion tactics normally are those which choose the simple distortions of mind which indicate less mental and spiritual complex activity. Of course, they will attack our weakest portions. And this is why negativity is uh, its so important in our lives. Let me put it in a way that doesn't sound like, you know, I'm promoting negativity. <laughs> Nor am I pr promoting positivity. I don't promote anything. But um, let me do this formally in conclusions. Because we got to the end of this video. It's, uh, it's long enough. See, negativity, let me t let me start with this and then we'll go back to um, awakening. I think it's the, the, the most relevant topic that we can talk about here in this video. Uh, negativity is important because it, in this case, if we are aware that the way that negative entities... Let, let me get into the context of the law of one and then I'll get to... The content of mind only, <clears throat> as the Kibalion says. If we understand that there are negative entities all around us playing our negative chords or our weak chords, for us to be aware of that, then we can be grateful for it because we can see, okay, I'm feeling weak in this, I need to strengthen it. Or I, I just become aware of it and it naturally grows stronger. By bringing it to your awareness, it naturally grows stronger. 
you don't have to go into you know reiki and imposition of hands and you know do ha handstands yogi stuff to strengthen your none of that all you need to do is bring it to your awareness and you would be surprised of what happens but keep it in your awareness don't judge it just look at it and say that's there that's it you know that's my weakness and this is how negative entities are helpful for us now in the context of mind only you can see that your mind is informing you of those things that you are weak on um, those things that you could get stronger at rather and it's a you know it's a it's a self-improvement hate to use the word <laughs> but it's a self-improvement um, mechanism that exists in in you which is the mind you know it's a it's a self-regenerating um, organ if you will so you know just bring it to your awareness and this is the great gift that negative entities bring or negative thoughts or our you know distortions whatever you want to call it our uh, uh, biases judgments and all that stuff it's just great things only that we need to bring it to our awareness stop identifying it with it you know and that this is a good thing in both cases whether you feel you're awesome or you feel you're crap stop identifying with the feeling bring it to your awareness and look at it and say Okay, there is a feeling of uh, worthiness or unworthiness. There is. It's not I am worthy or unworthy. It's just there is a feeling. That's it. So, best advice I can give you there. Now, coming back to awakening. A um, couple of things I want to say. If you guys have gone through the process of awakening, in whatever case it may be, you will feel that you, you'll start you know, uh, all of you, I'm sure you have gone through this. It's a path of seeking. You see, this is, this is inevitable in all of us. Once we see the light, we want to follow it, right? That's just inherent in us. And so one of the, the, the pitfalls that sometimes happens in our minds is that we think that because we ceased seeing the light in whatever fashion we kind of see it, we're not progressing. That is not true. Um, Ra mentioned to Don, and this was in session 40-something now, that one I remember, session 46 or 45, that, you know, when you have an experience like Don wanted to, um, I forgot the question, but Don wanted to know about this experience that he had, it was like sort of mystical too, where his arm was moving and vibrations and so on. And Ra said basically, listen, you know, that happened for you to have an awakening, you know, you don't, in essence, this is what they said. Uh, continue to seek that is looking for regression. You know, like you already had that. It's like trying to learn, you know, a word twice. Why? <laughs> you learned it. You won't learn more about it by learning it again. So you just simply trust that now that you learned that, it's going to be applied in your life. So that's a pitfall that sometimes we can get with uh, in our seeking, sometimes it's okay to just relax, you know, in our seeking. Um, and most importantly is just the fact that awakening always, regardless of your polarization, because people may say, oh, well, I'm not that positive polarized, or I'm not, whatever. 
regardless, all you're doing is knowing yourself. That's all you're doing. Awakening means getting to know the self. You thought you knew yourself and you had some bunch of labels and identities. And suddenly, some of them crumbled in your hands and you said, oh my God, this is not it. What is it then? And so, you know, you can play with more labels and see them, you know, fade away and so on. But eventually, all you're doing is knowing yourself. Either by putting more labels or taking away more of it, which I highly recommend. Take all your labels and you will find yourself, the true self. And then you can go and play with labels as in an expert in labels. <laughs> um, there's a lot to be said there, but I don't want to get into that um, rabbit hole of the mind and consciousness, which I love talking about. As you can see, it's been an hour and 15 minutes. I appreciate you for being here. I appreciate you for your support. I want to give a big shout out to all my supporters. Um, I don't know if by now I would have made my uh, announcements, as I always record this in advance, about my Patreon and so on, but I want to give a big shout out to all of you who are supporting me there. Um, I have a mixed audience between Spanish and English people. It was chosen by by the majority that wanted you know one community, and so I made it like that. I always try. Hey, you know, it, it's I'm here because of you, and so why not, you know, um, go according to what you guys want. So, in some extent, what flows through me goes. You know, that's what flows through me. I can't, you know, that that won't be influenced by you directly. <laughs> But what I do for you, maybe. So in this case, I do. So I want to give, you know, thank you to a lot of you who continue to support me. This is going to be my life. Um, because this is just who I am. This is who I have discovered to be when I took off many of my labels. And so I enjoyed doing this a lot. Thank you. Mostly for watching, for liking, subscribing, being part of this, sharing it with other people. And if you want to be one of those who contribute to me, links in the description to all my social uh, ways to support directly and indirectly. Uh, just I don't know, go nuts in the descriptions. I have a bunch of stuff there. Timelines. I always I never mentioned that there are timelines here for every question. So um, I'll start mentioning this more often <laughs> because I've been doing it for a while and I never mention it. But for your pleasure of viewing, you can actually skip. To one question or the other here in the timelines with the timestamps that i have of course the music of our brother colby from dream state logic which i continue to use i don't know why i'm being so grateful at this point but i'm done talking thank you so much for being part of this again i love you because you are and that's it in all your weirdness i'll see you in the next video second part session 53